When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Welcome to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Now for your host, Dan Mater. What's going on, MD Nation? We are back. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, and this is the live stream going on now on Sportscaster for the Week 11 preview, Part 1, which is the Thursday night games and these early Sunday afternoon games that we're going to talk about today. Of course, as always, there'll be a mailbag segment at the end. And if you are listening to this on Sportscaster, watching this, I should say, on Sportscaster, you can drop your fantasy questions in the chat at the very end of the episode. I will get to all of the fantasy questions as part of the episode that are dropped in the chat at the very end of the show. If you're listening on the audio version, we are recording this on Wednesday night. This will be available to you guys Come Thursday morning like it typically is. And of course, we have a lot to get to today. We have four teams on by this week, not quite as many as there was a week ago. So we have a lot we have to get into, some players that we have to check out. Again, that we would not normally use in most of our lineups in most of these situations. But for the most part, I have to say that we do have a lot of good value and a lot of good key fantasy players available to you guys this week. Now, of course, we're going to go over who are some guys to look out for, some guys to stream, and some guys to kind of stay away from. And of course, we'll also have some injury updates as we go along. We had great success with this a week ago. Hopefully, we'll be able to continue the success on through today's podcast. Remember, this is the 
full hour-long episode here on Sportscaster. And of course, I won't forget about you guys listening in the car on the audio version, always available to you on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Pinecast, Spreaker, anywhere you go, the MD's Fantasy Football Show is widely available to you guys at all times. And I am always accessible to you on Twitter at MDSFFshow, where you can always get those player news update notifications. I can also be reached on Facebook at MDFFshow, or you can go to the website, which will have the rankings later on tomorrow, or if you're listening to this on Thursday morning, later on this afternoon on www.mdffshow.com. And of course, you can always contact me through email on the website there as well. We have so much to go ahead and get into, so we're going to go ahead, jump right into it now as there really isn't a latest news segment. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become the newest member of the Belly Up Sports Network. The Belly Up Sports Network is a rising star in the sports industry. After having emerged onto the scene in just a year, they have accrued a massive following with bold articles, standout podcasts, and great debate amongst followers in the forums. Sign up for their newsletter and get access to all of the information throughout the Belly Up Sports Network. Go to bellyupsports.com today to join. Be bold and stand out. So the first game up that we want to talk about is the Thursday night matchup between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. Now, first up on the Pittsburgh Steelers side of the ball, James Conner is expected to play in tonight's matchup. So that's what we have going on there. That's the big thing there. So he's an RB1. He returns the form. This is great news for everyone involved who has James Conner. They've been holding on to Jalen Samuels. He goes back to being his... You know, his handcuff backup role where he will get sprinkled in a little bit, but not enough, I believe, to be a flex play. Yes, they've been leaning heavily on the run. Yes, James Conner has shown that he has the unfortunate status of kind of going Matt Breida on us and not necessarily making it through all four quarters over the last few weeks. But I do expect him to be good to go throughout this matchup. And I do think as a result, Jalen Samuels will not be a guy that you can play in the flex position in case you were wondering. Now, the main guy we want to talk about here is Juju Smith-Schuster. At this point, Juju Smith-Schuster can no longer be considered a wide receiver too. Not that many of you who've had Juju Smith-Schuster were considering him in that range to begin with. But instead, we have to start viewing him more as a wide receiver three, a low-end wide receiver three, more of a high-end wide receiver four that you kind of play based on matchup. And this isn't a matchup that I like Juju Smith-Schuster on. Remember, we have Denzel Ward, who's going to be playing against him in this game. So, There's not a lot to like here. Mason Rudolph hasn't really been aggressive going down the field. Honestly, this is one of those situations where if you have a better matchup, a better wide receiver, I would play them over Juju Smith-Schuster. He is no longer a guy that has to be in my starting lineup moving forward. It's a real shame. Yes, most trade deadlines are next week, but I don't think you can sell him for anything. Even his name isn't well established enough to this point that he would name alone get you some value in return unless you sold him for a bottom of rocks. That's pretty much it. Look, you can't get anything for him. You're going to have to keep him. Just play him based on the matchups when you have a plus one. They do have the Dolphins next week, so that may be a game that you want to go ahead and check out. But outside of that, there's really not a whole lot that you can take away from. Or, excuse me, they have the Dolphins in a few weeks. They had a Dolphins in a few weeks. They have some other key matchups coming up. I was thinking about the Cleveland Browns there for a second. My mistake. But, yes, they have some matchups coming up where you will be able to play him again. But this isn't necessarily one of them that I have to play him. Now, You have four teams on by, so you may have no choice, but that's the only way I'm playing Judas Smith-Schuster, and really, frankly, from here on out, he's completely matchup-based. 
Vance McDonald is an interesting name. I don't love it. Cleveland's about middle of the pack when it comes to tight ends, but we just got word that George Kittle is ruled out for this week. We know Austin Hooper is going to miss probably the next month. You're looking for tight ends to stream. Vance McDonald, we know at least gets some of the targets, should be getting more work as we move along here as he's come back from his injury. Hopefully Mason Rudolph will look to go his way, but he is somebody whose name might be on your waiver wires right now and might be somebody who wouldn't be a bad pickup, especially in a match up going against Cleveland Browns who have two good corners. I don't expect much from Junior Smith-Schuster. I don't expect much from Deontay Johnson in this game. Vance McDonald and the running backs may be the guys that Mason Rudolph decides to go to in the check down game. So if you're in a PPR league, I think Vance McDonald is an okay play. Not one of my favorites. I don't feel great about it. I'm not trying to say that. But what I will say is that he's somebody who at least has some talent and possibly some opportunity. I mean, that's really it when you're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a real shame how far they have fallen since losing Ben Roethlisberger, how much this team needs him, and how much fantasy owners really need him. We'll see what happens next year. But for this matchup, outside of James Conner, there's nobody who's really a must-play for me on the Steelers' side of the ball. For the Cleveland Browns, a little bit of a different matter. Nick Chubb still keeps his RB1 status as he was able to get 20 carries last week as long as that continues to happen I think he will be okay look Kareem Hunt he may actually carve out a role for himself moving forward in the passing game but they're not going to start taking away carries from Nick Chubb I think he saw that last week yes Kareem Hunt might have more of a load they talked about leading up in this week that expect him to have more of a workload but I would not trust it overly too much look he's Nick Chubb has been too good and barring an injury I just don't see him losing losing very many carries to Kareem Hunt. Now, his ability to tack on a few targets in the passing game might have disappeared now with the appearance of Kareem Hunt. And if you're in a full-point PPR league, Kareem Hunt actually is a viable flex play to me in this game. Baker Mayfield has been absolutely terrible. That continued to be true against, um, against the team last week. But going into this matchup here, you got the Pittsburgh Steelers who have a really good pass rush, have been playing really good defense. As a result, I do think Kareem Hunt's going to be a key check down guy that Baker Mayfield's going to go to pretty often. We saw last week that he had seven catches in that game. So it's an, it's it stands the reason against the Buffalo Bills, finally came to me there, against the Buffalo Bills, he had seven catches, a similar team with a similar makeup where you can kind of run the ball at them enough if you really want to, but they have such a good pass rush that he's going to have to check the ball down. I do think Kareem Hunt has a decent little role in PPR leagues. Now, if you're in standard leagues, I don't know if I'm playing Kareem Hunt. If you're in half-point PPR leagues, I would maybe still consider him in the flex position, but in the full-point PPR, he does possess a decent floor that I think you can go ahead and play him in. Odell Beckham. Now, this is a better matchup than he's had for the past three weeks. That much is true, but it's still not a fantastic matchup by any stretch of the means. You still have to go against the Steelers. Defense has been pretty good. You still have Baker Mayfield there, but unlike Juju Smith-Schuster, I do think Odell Beckham does present you some upside that you can utilize moving forward. He does present you the ability to make plays, and he has been able to get you five catches for 50 yards on a pretty consistent basis. Nothing to ride home about, of course, but as long as he's able to operate with somewhat of a floor from a week-to-week basis. You know it only takes one play. This has been a better matchup than he's had the past few weeks. I think you can play Odell Beckham, but he still has to be considered more of a wide receiver three. So he's another guy. He's not a must-star for me this week, but I just don't see you having too many better options than him heading into this week as well. So something else to kind of keep in mind there when you're looking at what do I do with Odell Beckham Jr.? 
So don't overplay him, but if you don't have a better matchup, you could do worse than Odell Beckham. I have more hope for him than, say, a Juju Smith-Schuster moving forward. Uh, I talked about David Njoku in the waiver wire report. He's not going to play this week, obviously, but he's somebody that I just want to throw out there in case you guys did not pick him up in your waiver wires, in case you're, he's still sitting out there, which is a likely scenario right now, being that he's still about a week or so away. He's somebody you might want to pick up in stash. We don't know when George Kittle is exactly going to be back. We don't know exactly how banged up he really is. Austin Hooper's out for a month. That's somebody you could pick up as a long-term season stash that could maybe pay off for you as we get into the playoff runs here moving forward. Baker Mayfield, as I've completely downgraded him when talking about the wide receivers, it's no different. He's still not a streaming quarterback, and the Steelers' defense, I think, is going to feast on him. They are actually a good streaming option for me here uh, heading into Thursday night's matchup. Same could be said for the Cleveland Browns. I do think James Conner is going to find some success running against them in the football because they have been gashed as of late. But they were able to play pretty well against Buffalo, who wanted to run the football. And they, because they have their defense back healthy, they're able to get pass rushes. They're able to get some turnovers here. So the Cleveland Browns actually aren't a bad streaming defense if you're looking for one there as well. So our first Sunday afternoon game that we want to talk about here is the Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions. Uh, we want Ezekiel Ella to get back on track. Yes, the Lions did a pretty good job last week against the Chicago Bears and David Montgomery, but that whole offense is in disarray. I expect Ezekiel Elliott to get back into shape, get back to his RB1 status heading into this week. I don't expect there to be any problems with that happening. So not that you were going to bench Ezekiel Elliott, but I do think you can go back to having RB1 expectations heading into this matchup against Detroit. Mari Cooper did not practice today, but we are expecting him to be able to play, right? So he didn't practice much last week, came out, had a great game. Now, yes, he's probably going to be shadowed by Darius Slay, so I wouldn't expect him to have the insane game that he had a week ago. I don't expect him to be a top five wide receiver, but I still expect him to finish as a wide receiver one, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. So just kind of keep that in mind as well. Michael Gallup might be the guy this week. He had a decent game last week, 70 yards, a touchdown, did pretty well for himself. But I expect that to continue. If Darius Slay is going to shadow Amari Cooper all over the field, there's no reason to think that Michael Gallup won't be able to take advantage in his matchups, especially since Dallas should be able to throw in this game. You've got to hope, though, if you're Dallas, you actually want, or I shouldn't say if you're Dallas, if you are an Amari Cooper or a Michael Gallup owner, you definitely want Matthew Stafford to play on the other side. You want Detroit's offense to be able to put up points because being able to do so to keep that game close, to keep them having to be aggressive for four quarters is going to be the key, quite frankly, for Michael Gallup to be able to have that high floor of a game. If Driscoll winds up playing, then you obviously still start Amari Cooper, but Michael Gallup may be a little bit more suspect to me because it could be turning into a situation where Dallas just has to run the ball and they don't have to do a lot in the passing game in order to win this one. So it's kind of something to keep in mind there, an extra factor that maybe you weren't thinking about previously too. And that's what we do here on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. I make sure you guys are taking in all the variables. I want to make sure that you guys know exactly what you're getting yourselves into in any given week. And I expect that to be the case here. So you want Matthew Stafford to play if you have Michael Gallup. If he does, I would say you go ahead, you start him with no worries as a wide receiver three with upside that you know is possibly to score. And if Darius Slade does have a good game against Amari Cooper, then you know Michael Gallup's going to have a great game on the other side and may still be a good game either way. So I do like Michael Gallup there a lot. As far as Jason Witten goes, again, I've talked about him last week. I'm not going to play Jason Witten in any given matchup at all. If he does well, great. 
He's not going to be on my team when he does it, though, because it's going to be too many games where he goes two for 15 rather than eight catches for 50 yards that we've seen in a couple times so far, but not expecting that against the Detroit Lions by any stretch of the means. On Detroit Lions' side of the ball, talked about Matthew Stafford a little bit. He did not practice today. He is going to be considered a game-time decision, but there has been optimism leading into this entire week so far. Now, we are early on in the week, but there's been optimism so far that he's going to be able to find a way to suit up. Hopefully that'll be the case because you want to be able to play guys like Kenny Galladay, who I know had a decent game last week, but it came on one play. And you can't expect that one play to happen every time Jeff Driscoll takes the field. So you can't being that you can't count on it, Kenny Galladay's gotta be somebody you can go to. And if he's not, it really puts you in a damper position because with four teams on by, the fact that Kenny Galladay's been a wide receiver too week in and week out, you need Matthew Stafford in there because this is a good Dallas defense. It's not a great matchup otherwise. So hopefully Stafford plays to keep Kenny Galladay at his wide receiver two status. Same could be said for Marvin Jones, who's made his way back in the wide receiver three status too. Because since the volume of the passing game has now tilted that way for the Detroit Lions, being that on Johnson has been out and they just haven't been able to find an answer in the running game, all of a sudden Marvin Jones Jr. has come back to being a wide receiver three with touchdown upside because there's targets to go around now. Yes, I've talked about Danny Amendola. I do think if Stafford plays, if Stafford plays, he could be a full point PPR guy that you could go to in a flex position if you're hindered by buy or hindered by injuries. I'm not going to love the play, but there does stand a reason that at least two of these Detroit receivers will have a decent game, and he could be one of those guys and somebody you could take a shot on, reasonably speaking. For Ty Johnson, he's working through concussion protocol. He did not practice today, so it's usually not a great sign because usually you want to see these guys practicing on Wednesday. They don't take contact on Wednesdays when they're going through concussion protocol, but if they're out there even in a limited capacity, it's usually a sign that they're turning in the right direction for that week. He didn't practice. It doesn't mean he definitely won't play this week, but it does mean that you have to make other adjustments. J.D. McKissick, especially in a PPR league, is actually a decent little flex play this week. Is a decent RB3 to maybe have on your team. He was able to score last week. He was able to take advantage of Ty Johnson not being in. But I, with this week going into the full week as possibly being the starter from the get-go, yeah, I expect him to be worked in in the passing game. He's going to have a high floor for you, especially when you're talking half-point, full-point PPR. And even in standard leagues, he's somebody you can play in your flex this week because he's somebody who's going to get an abnormal amount of touches for somebody in his position. So I do like J.D. McKissick quite a bit this week as well. T.J. Hawkinson, a lot of people are going to talk about him, right? Because we, you know, we, we have the, the tight end woes are just astounding to me, frankly, at this point. T.J. Hawkinson is somebody you can play... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with Axonics Therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, 
go to findrealrelief.com. And I don't feel great about it. Look, the biggest thing here that we have to take in consideration, right, is because with when you're talking about a guy like TJ Hawkinson, he has not been able to take advantage of his opportunities. He's been targeted in the red zone. He's been targeted more so than most tight ends throughout the year. But between drops, not running great routes, he's just somebody who's been unreliable, to say the least. Now, I don't expect that to continue forever, especially not in the future of his career, but be given the tight end situation, you want guys to just have opportunities to score. He is that guy. And in a, in a league where if Stafford, and this is if Stafford plays, a lot of this is contingent on Stafford playing. But in a league, in a situation where you're just looking for a tight end to have a chance at a touchdown, Dallas not being the greatest matchup in the world, they could put some emphasis on the outside wide receivers, leading you to have to lean on the tight end position a little bit. I think he has a chance to score. So if you're looking for more tight ends that have a chance to score, that's him. He has an incredibly low floor, though. So just understand that before making that decision, making that move. Next game I want to talk to you about, Jacksonville Jaguars, Indianapolis Colts. Nick Foles, welcome back, for better or for worse. I have been a big-time advocate that I am was not for Nick Foles taking over a starting job. Now, it's hard to argue after Gardner Minshew played so poorly in London against Houston and he headed into the bye. But I don't think one game should suddenly erase everything Gardner Minshew did. Gardner Minshew played really well. And he actually was finishing inside the top 12 more times not from a fantasy aspect. And the offense, for the most part, have been doing pretty well. It's been the defense that hasn't quite lived up to expectations. And now that they don't have Jalen Ramsey, we don't really expect him to. Look, what does Nick Foles do for the wide receivers? Because that's all this really matters at the end of the day, right? Because DJ Chark has been a wide receiver too. D.D. Westbrook's been a guy who's been working his way up and has worked himself back into wide receiver three flex territory. So what is this going to do for this offense? Well, the game plan doesn't change much. Uh, especially considering the fact that they brought in John DeFilippio. He's been the offensive coordinator. So what they've been doing offensively, schematic-wise, is not going to change. Now, he doesn't possess the mobility of a Gardner Minshew, which is why I think Nick Foles, in and of himself, is not a fantasy option for you guys this week. Going up to the Colts, it's a tough matchup. He's not mobile enough. You're totally leaning on his arm. It's not a good offensive line, which I think is going to show up to be more, even more of a factor this week with no Gardner Minshew to be able to buy himself time than it would normally speaking with this Jacksonville Jaguar offense in general. So there's all things to take into consideration why I don't have Nick Foles as a streaming option at quarterback. What does he do for the wide receivers? We don't have much of a sample size to go off of when it comes to the Jaguars, right? All we know is that the entire summer, Heading into the season, D.D. Westbrook was by far the guy he had the most rapport with. Now, Nick Foles has been back at practice for a couple of weeks. They had the bye week. We'll see if he was able to develop a relationship with D.J. Chark in that time. Get on the same page with him. Or is it going to go back to D.D. Westbrook is his guy, and D.J. Chark is just secondary to that? Because here's the problem. The Jacksonville Jaguars offense is not a juggernaut offense. It's not a team that puts up a ton of points. So you figure on most most cases, most weeks, it's going to be one wide receiver who's able to perform up to expectations. And a game against the Colts, I don't expect this game to be truly high scoring either. I think there's going to be a lot of running uh, defensive play involved. So it may only be one wide receiver who's able to take advantage. Without having much of a sample size right now, I trust that D.D. Westbrook is going to be worked in throughout this game more so than D.J. Chark. Now, D.J. Chark, there's no doubt about it. He became... 
a go-to guy. He became a guy that nobody was paying attention to and developed into somebody who very well may be a star from here on out. And time will tell. And he's been great so far this season. He's a jump ball guy. Nick Foles, typically speaking, doesn't throw a ton of jump balls. He usually looks for that guy who gets more separation, which is why I think D.D. Westbrook will be the guy this week. But it's kind of a wait-and-see factor. That could easily change. We didn't know D.J. Chark was going to be this good coming into this season. So maybe some of that changes. But a lot of it's up in the air right now. My whole thing would be that hopefully you don't have to trust a Jaguars wide receiver this week and you can kind of play the wait-and-see game. But most likely you're not in that scenario. I think you can play DJ Chark as a high-end wide receiver three in a flex play. I think the same can be said for D.D. Westbrook. I think both of these guys can be in your lineups, not on the same team, of course, if you have both of them. I don't know why you would torture yourself that way, but if you had both of them, I wouldn't play both. If I'm going to choose one to be D.D. Westbrook, but I think if you have both, if you have these guys throughout your fantasy teams, I think you can play both of these guys as flex plays heading into this week and then kind of play the wait and see. But... There's going to be a lot of questions to be answered heading into this matchup. Leonard Fournette should be great. I mean, he's going to keep getting his workload. This isn't a great matchup, but you figure with Nick Foles first coming back, you expect him to be a little bit rusty. You expect him to lean on the running game. So I think Leonard Fournette has a great floor like he normally does. Hopefully, coming out of the bye week, they're able to figure out some of the woes that they've had at the goal line situation, and he's able to start scoring some touchdowns. There's no reason in the world he shouldn't have more. There's no reason in the world why if he doesn't keep getting the opportunities that he has been getting, that he shouldn't find a way to score. So better days, I think, are actually ahead for Leonard Fournette as we move into the playoff push. And for FYI, D.D. Westbrook practiced in full today. He will be good to go on Sunday. For the Colts side of the ball, Jacoby Brissett practiced in full. He's going to be back. Thank goodness. Because T.Y. Hilton probably won't be. He didn't practice at all today. We still don't know exactly what his timetable is going to be. Yes, he's still considered questionable for this week. He hasn't been ruled out. It's still early on. But I'm not expecting him to see him be back. So the good thing about Jacoby Brissett coming back is Zach Paschal is somebody that you might be able to play in the flex and PPR leagues. The ball's got to go somewhere. It's going to have to be Zach Paschal, I think, is going to be the number one guy. And being that Brian Horror would be out, you actually have a chance for him to be able to do something. Let's hope. Anyway, Eric Ebron, yeah, statistically had an okay game, also had a lot of drops. But the fact is, against the Jacksonville Jaguars, the only true red zone threats are Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle. Given the tight end situation, I think Eric Ebron's actually not just a streaming option, but probably a top-end streaming option coming off your waiver report. You're not going to feel great about it. I don't feel great telling you that, but... The way the cards falls, the way the numbers go, that is looking like a real possibility that he is going to be a top streaming option for you this week. He's somebody that I think if you had Austin Hooper, you had George Kittle, he's a likely scenario that he could be the best tight end that you could pick up and play this week. It's not going to be great. I'm not telling you it will be. Marlon Mack typically, historically, does not have great games against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Having said that, you can't bench Marlon Mack. He's been an RB2. Even last week, we didn't have a great game. He still had 19 carries. He still had a four for you. So you just know he's not going to give you much in the passing game. You're hoping that he scores, but he's been an RB2. He might be more of a low-end RB2 playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, but you can't bench him by any stretch of the means. Not that I think most of you are going to. Just a quick tidbit on the Colts. Devin Funches was designated to return from IR. So he's still a few weeks away from that can actually happen. But just to give you an idea, if you've been you know, holding on to Zach Pascal, maybe even playing him a little bit with the mixture going on, a couple weeks down the road when we get into the playoffs, I don't think Zach Pascal is going to be somebody that you can plug and play in a 
wide receiver four, wide receiver five desperate situation if you found yourself hurting in injuries. You know, when we get into playoffs, there's no more bye weeks or anything like that, but you still might have some injuries that you're working out. Just kind of quick FYI for you, Zach Pascal owners moving forward. Next game I want to talk about, no, I don't really want to talk about this game, but we have to talk about this game. The Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins. It's going to be a boring game. It's it's oh, it's going to be bad. It's probably going to be like a 17 to 10 game. Look, the Buffalo Bills defense I think is too good for the Miami's new found competitive offense to really do that well. I think if you have to, you can still play Devontae Parker as a wide receiver three, purely based on volume, because I don't love the matchup. He's going to see Tredavious White at least half the time. The good news is the Buffalo Bills don't shadow. So hopefully the Dolphins will be smart enough to move Devontae Parker to the other side of the field, but no one ever accused the Dolphins of being smart this season. So we'll see what happens. I expect it to be at least half the time. Based on volume, you can play him as a wide receiver three. He has been the guy to go to in the red zone, so he just he has that floor that you can play him on. But it's not a great matchup, and I hope, hope you would have better options. Obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not a streaming quarterback, so stay away there. Kalen Balazs, he he could get 30 carries this game. I don't know if I'd care. I know a lot of people are looking at this. Hey, Buffalo Bills, they've been gashed in the running game over the past few weeks now. They look susceptible in that area. It has. I don't think it matters with Kalen Balazs. You're talking about a guy who had 20 carries last week for 40 yards. I mean, if you play Kalen Balazs, one, you have to be either ravaged by injury or, or had got hit hard by this bye week. Two, you are praying to whoever it is that you pray to, this guy falls in the end zone. Because that's the only way you're going to get some value out of him. So, look, hopefully you have better options. He's going to get volume. He's going to be the starter. Kalen Blige, you got to do with what you do, but you better hope he falls into the end zone if you're going to play him this particular week. On the Bills' side of the ball, Devin Singletary, I'm playing you with confidence. I know it was disappointing last week. Yes, Frank Gore is not going to go away, but we knew that. The most important thing is that Devin Singletary is now officially getting more touches on a week-to-week basis than Frank Gore moving forward. That's all you can really look for. He's involved enough in the passing game that the fact that Frank Gore will take carries away from him doesn't hinder him too severely, especially when you're talking about plus matchups. This is a big-time plus matchup. I think Devin Singletary has a great chance to break a big one in this one. He's got he's more of an RB2 to me this week. He's great flex play, but he's actually, I think, going to finish in RB2 status heading into this week. So I love Devin Singletary. John Brown continued to play him as a wide receiver three with big play potential. He's been targeted enough each week. He's been getting about five to seven targets on a week-to-week basis, regardless of the matchup. Xavier Howard, we're not exactly sure if he's going to be back this week or not, but even if he is, he's not somebody who scared you this season. Yes, the Dolphins are playing more competitive as of late. I don't care. John Brown is enough of a guy who's been getting worked in enough that he can play as a wide receiver three for you. I know people are going to ask me about Cole Beasley. He kind of falls in that category of Jason Witten to me. Not not quite as bad. Not quite as bad. But still a guy that you're not going to be on my team. You're not going to be a guy I count on. Whenever he does well, it's com- it's a, like a complete fluke. Because you're dealing with Josh Allen, who's only completing just over 50% of his passes. And it also has to be in situations where the Bills actually have to throw the ball. Do you really see the Bills having to throw the ball in this one? Do you really not see them being able to control the game through their defense and through their run game? Only one wide receiver is going to be fantasy relevant this week, or really most weeks. It's going to be John Brown. Outside of that, I'm not touching anybody else in Buffalo. Yes, Josh Allen's a streaming option this week. Mostly owned. He's over 50% owned on average throughout the most of the leagues, but he is available on some waiver wires if you're looking for a quarterback to stream 
Or if you've been platooning the quarterback position, the Miami Dolphins is a game where you can always, for the most part, stream a quarterback. Should be able to get you some yards on the ground. Always a threat to score. I'm good with Josh Allen as your starting quarterback this week to possibly be a low-end QB1, a high-end QB2. Next game to talk about is the Denver Broncos, Minnesota Vikings. Yes, we're going to have to see Brandon Allen again. And it's not like it would get any better, right? Because even if Drew Locke comes back, who the hell knows where he's at in his development. Vic Vangio has been pretty clear from the start that he is not really too fond of where he is, where his game is at as far as correlates to the NFL level, as far as correlates to actually having to play this guy and trust this guy. So, yeah. We're probably going to see Brandon Allen for a while. And even if he goes, it's not going to improve the situation for Cortland Sutton, which is the only person you really care about. You can play Cortland Sutton this week against the Minnesota Vikings. This is not a secondary that scares you. And I'm going to keep saying it every week until people believe me because I, I still get pushback on this, which amazes me because the stats are there in front of you over the past six weeks. The Minnesota Vikings have actually been one of the worst secondaries. They've been one of the best ones for fantasy wide receivers. Cortland Sutton was able to score with Brandon Allen quarterback before they had their bye week. He's really the only guy left to go to on a consistent basis in the passing game. Noah Fant's going to be hit or miss. Uh, the running backs, Philip Lindsay, they'll dump it down to him and Royce Freeman some of the time. But Cortland Sutton's who he's going to have to go to. Brandon Allen can only make one read. That is his one read. It's not a defense that uh, it's not a secondary, I should say, that scares you. So, yeah, you can play Cortland Sutton as a flex, as a wide receiver three who has volume, safe floor capabilities. As far as anybody else goes, Philip Lindsay, I don't love the matchup here. Minnesota hasn't been great for running backs in fantasy purpose, especially not really good ones, especially not RB1 caliber. Denver will have to lean on the running game, as they always do. So Philip Lindsay, as a result, is at least at least a flex play. But you're going to get mixed in with him, Royce Freeman. I don't think you can play Royce Freeman this week as a flex. So for those of you who are trying to ride that out, kind of ride that committee, he had been getting into the end zone a little bit more and more. I truly think there has to be better options for you than Royce Freeman this week. He has such a low floor, especially if he doesn't catch the ball. Because remember, before they went on that bye week, that week alone, Royce Freeman not only was not worked that involved that much in general, as we were used to him seeing, but he wasn't worked in at all in the passing game under with Brandon Allen taking over. That's something that worries me, especially for his flex appeal moving forward. So I wouldn't play Royce Freeman here. I would play Philip Lindsay, but... You have to expect him to be more of a high-end RB3 than an RB2 heading into this matchup. On the Vikings side of the ball, you know who you're going to play. You're going to play Stephon Diggs. Adam Thielen didn't practice today. So as far as we know, Stephon Diggs will again be the number one wide receiver. Yes, he will see Chris Harris. Yes, you don't love the matchup. Yes, Stephon Diggs has only, you know, hasn't really been able to take advantage over the past couple of weeks with no Adam Thielen. He's kind of cooled off after he finally got a midseason hot streak. But there's still a floor there. When you're talking about a guy who's going to be the number one wide receiver, there's still not another receiver on the Minnesota Vikings that really demands the attention of Kirk Cousins on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, LaCron Treadwell has been worked in a little bit more. We've seen OBC Johnson be able to fill in for Adam Thielen quite well. Really, the only guy that is worth talking about outside Stephon Diggs when it comes to the passing game was somebody I talked about in the waiver wire report, Kyle Rudolph. You're looking for a tight end who has an opportunity to score a touchdown? That's been him. That's been the guy. He has gotten a, quite a few touchdowns over the past few weeks. He is somebody you can go ahead and stream and have that ability to do so. With no Adam Thielen, he's been a go-to guy in the red zone. He's not going to give you much between the 20s. So don't expect a lot of catches. Don't expect a lot of yards. But if you're looking for a guy, you're just hoping and praying for a touchdown. I think Kyle Rudolph gives you that this week. 
Yeah, the Denver Broncos have a decent defense, but because they have next to no offense, I do expect extra possessions for the Minnesota Vikings. So I do think they're going to be able to keep their fantasy relevant guys fantasy relevant, even in a tougher matchup. Dalvin Cook, you know, can't say enough about the guy. He's just playing at a different speed than everybody else. I don't care if you're going up against the Denver Broncos, who have been pretty good against the run for the past month. He's going to be your RB1 of the week, probably second to only Christian McCaffrey, like he is almost every single week so far this season. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a when Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Kirk Cousins is not a streaming option for me. I do think that pass rush of Denver Broncos is going to give him some issues. I don't expect a lot of yards. Now, maybe it's a week like last week. Maybe he gets you 220 yards, but gets you three touchdowns. That is possible in this game, but I wouldn't count on it. That's not something I try to lean for, I try to go for. I try to look for quarterbacks that I'm going to stream that have more of an upside when it comes to yardage, that have more of an upside when it gets to getting that 300-yard mark is that benchmark that I try to look for. Who has that potential when streaming a quarterback? And Kirk Cousins doesn't have that potential, I believe, heading into this week against the Denver Broncos. So I would stay away from him in that streaming territory if you can help it at all. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is now partnered with the Unwrapped Sports Network. Unwrapped Sports Network has a top-notch sports blog covering all sports all the time with a team of talented writers. You can also visit their podcast page to listen to this show and several others covering multiple sports. Sign up for their newsletter and never miss a thing at UnwrappedSports.com. Again, that's UnwrappedSports.com. For our next matchup, New Orleans Saints, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think we're going to get the shootout game that we thought we were going to get between the Saints and the Falcons last week. A couple things working in that, that direction, right? Marshawn Lattimore, out. We don't know exactly when he's going to be back, but he's going to be out. That means Mike Evans is, should have good matchups. That means Chris Godwin has even better matchups than he would have had previously. Jameis Winston should be able to hit those guys on a pretty consistent basis. And even Jameis Winston, I don't care if he throws two picks. He's almost guaranteed... 300 yards a game. He's almost guaranteed two touchdowns a game. So you can throw two interceptions. If you're going to give me 300 yards and two touchdowns, you're going to be a top 12 quarterback. Plain and simple. Jameis Winston's definitely somebody I play this week. Without a doubt. Especially with no Marshawn Lattimore. So I definitely think you can play all of your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think you can play Ronald Jones. 
the good news of what the reports I've been able to get so far out of the Tampa Bay camp have been that Ronald Jones did not put himself in the doghouse for that horrendous fumble last week. And it, it, was, it was bad because if you watch the replay or if you missed that game, he wasn't even touched and the ball just came flying out of his hand. He didn't put himself in the doghouse, though. In fact, if anything, the reverse happened where Bruce Arians came out and said, hey, you know what? He's a great pass catcher. He can run routes, too. And we're going to get him even more involved in the passing game. Okay, great, Bruce. Look, he, he, he got put in the doghouse a little bit that game because Peyton Barber came in, got the goal line work. That's why they both wound up with 11 carries each last week. But you're not really looking for Ronald Jones to give you that high production in the rushing game. It's can he be involved in the passing game? And it sounds like they're pretty much betting on that. And in this match against New Orleans Saints, you don't really care what they give you in the running game because you don't expect them to give you much in the running game against one of the top rush defenses in the NFL. Can he catch the ball in the backfield? That's going to be Ronald Jones. I think you can play him, especially in PPR leagues, but I think you can play him as a low-end RB too, even against the Saints, because I think he's going to have that floor where they're going to look to dump the ball off to him again. He wound up being a nice, easy target for James Winston to go to. I think he's going to need some nice, easy targets again in this game. I think Ronald Jones is going to be okay. As you know, volume, volume is the name of the game when it comes to fantasy football. I still don't love Ronald Jones' talent overall, but... Look, when you're getting enough volume, especially as a running back, sometimes it doesn't really matter if you don't have all the talent in the world, if you don't have all the fundamental tools in the world. So, you know what? Ronald Jones is going to be okay, especially if he's involved in the pass game, which, according to Bruce Arians, he will be. Uh, everyone else you play, Evans you play, Godwin you play, kind of goes without saying there. You don't play O.J. Howard. I know O.J. <laughs> that was, that's, okay, that's one guy I definitely want to make sure we mention here in the show. O.J. Howard, I know he got worked in finally last week. I know a lot of people are buzzed like, oh, well, he didn't get traded. And then the first week that they come back after he's not getting traded, he gets worked in. I don't care. First of all, the Saints aren't the best matchup for tight ends to begin with. And he had the biggest game so far this season, four catches, 47 yards, and a touchdown. I'm not betting money on that. O.J. Howard's not a streaming option to me at all. Stay away. Stay far away. Don't get trapped in the name. Let someone else make that mistake for you guys. Now, as we're going through this here, you're watching the Sportscaster stream. I know you guys on audio can't do this, but if you're watching the Sportscaster stream right now, remember, at the end of this episode, we are going to have the mailbag segment. So if you want to drop a fantasy football question there in chat, I will get to you as part of the episode later on when we're done previewing these games. Now, having said that, back to the Saints. Drew Brees, play him. Play him. There is a very likelihood outside of Lamar Jackson running around and Patrick Mahomes, that Drew Brees is going to finish as a top three quarterback and compete for that number one quarterback spot overall this week. I Look, it's Tammy Buccaneers. I know, I know the Atlanta Falcons, you thought, were for sure he was going to go off against them. I think what he did not do against the Falcons, he will do and make up for against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with, without, a, without a doubt. Falcons were coming off by two. They looked like they pretty much played their Super Bowl against the Saints this past week. I wouldn't be surprised if that defense went back to being abysmal against everybody else the rest of the way. Tampa Bay Buccaneers can't cover anyone. Michael Thomas is going to have a great game. Though he had a great game last week, he might even have a better game this week. I totally expect double-digit catches. I expect over 150 yards. I expect to, Yeah, that's right. Over 150 yards. I expect a touchdown. I expect Michael Thomas to go absolutely bananas in this game. Same thing goes for Drew Brees. Same thing goes for Alvin Kamara. Now, I don't know what Latavius Murray or Alvin Kamara is going to give you in the running game, which is why I tend to try to stay away from Latavius Murray this week. Even if he's going to carve out a 10-12 to touch role, 
which he might have for the rest of the season. Against the Bay Buccaneers, they are the number one run defense right now. I don't think he's going to give you a whole hell of a lot. But Kamara in the passing game, I expect him to get you somewhere between six and nine catches. I expect you to, for him to get you somewhere between 50 and 90 yards. The question is going to be, is, does he score on top of that? But the floor is going to be there. He's going to have those opportunities. The ball has to go to someone besides Michael Thomas sometimes. And that's going to be Kamara, more times than not, as the second pass catcher. For those of you who are wondering, you know, are the Saints in this matchup going to have a second wide receiver that you can stream? I don't know how you can trust anybody right now. It, that second wide receiver would be Tenkin Jr., but has he really done enough this season for you to actually feel confident about that? I think there's actually a lot of wide receivers that you can go to this week that you don't have to stoop that low at the bottom of the barrel. I will tell you one guy I definitely want to see everyone playing. That's Jared Cook. Tammy Buccaneers and the Arizona Cardinals are the laughing stocks when it comes to defenses against the tight end. Jared Cook's going to have a great game. There's absolutely positively no doubt about it. Drew Brees is going to go over 350 yards. A lot of that's going to go to Michael Thomas. A lot of that's going to go to Alvin Kamara. You know who else is going to go to? It's going to go to Jared Cook. I think he has a great opportunity to score in this game. And if you're looking for that 100-yard touchdown performance, this is the week that he has the possibility for that to happen. Play Jared Cook everywhere you can. In fact, I would even go as far as to say is that if you have a good tight end and you have Jared Cook on your roster, which is a possible situation, let's let's say you have Travis Kelsey and Jared Cook on your roster. Play Jared Cook as your flex. That's how far I would go to say play Jared Cook this week. Make sure he's in your lineups. It's a great matchup for him. Next game, not so exciting. Jets, Redskins. Yeah. Ugh. It, it might be... Uh, I don't know if it can be worse than the Buffalo Bills-Miami Dolphins game, but it's going to give it pretty close competition. We know what the Redskins want to do, right? They want to run the ball. They want to run out the clock. They want to make the game as short as possible so that way it doesn't look like they got blown out by much. But they are playing the Jets, so it might not be a blowout no matter what they do. We know Dwayne Haskins is a starter for the rest of the season. We know Darius Geis is coming back this week. We know that Chris Thompson did not practice today. So it doesn't look like Chris Thompson is going to return this week. They're still waiting for him to come back, hopefully sooner rather than later. In his absence, it sounds like, if you're reading the tea leaves from Bill Callahan, that Darius Geis will take over that passing down role. Adrian Peterson is still expected to get the start, still expected to work ahead of Darius Geis. I think there's for a couple of reasons. One, Adrian Peterson's been pretty good. Bill Callahan loves him. The second reason is Darius Geis, this is his first week back from his injury, the last he's only played what a full game before being injured again for a long stretch in the NFL so far. So we don't know if this guy can hold up. I think there's a really good chance Adrian Peterson is looking at about 65% at least of the work share when it comes to the carries, maybe 70%. What you will see is guys get worked in, in the passing game though. I would not play a Redskins running back if I can help it because I if you talk to me on Monday and the Redskins went, you know, 50-50, it wouldn't surprise me. So there's a wide range of outcomes here that you're talking about. So hopefully you have better options than the Redskins running game. But if not, I do think that you can count on Adrian Peterson to get the carries. I think Geis will get the catches, but how much they're even going to throw the ball, I don't know. 20 to 25 times seems to be the max they may throw the ball with Dwayne Haskins with the way they're running this team. And it doesn't really seem to matter what the game flow is either. So keeping that in mind, I think Adrian Peterson is the only running back that you can play, and even then, I'm hoping you have a better option. Play Terry McLaurin in this game, please. 
I know everyone's all upset about Dwayne Haskins and thing that that the college rapport that these guys are supposed to have has not worked out to the way people wanted it to. Don't care. You're playing against the New York Jets. If you're not going to play Terry McLaurin against the New York Jets, who on earth are you going to play him against for the rest of the season? He might as well not even be on your roster if you don't play him this week. Play him. He's a wide receiver three with tremendous upside. It only takes one play because he's explosive. You're playing against the Jets who are terrible, especially in the secondary right now. They're so banged up. They don't even have Johnson anymore. Play Terry McLaurin. Do not get afraid of Dwayne Haskins playing as the starter. There's no reason to. That wraps it up for the Redskins. On the Jets side of the ball, obviously you have Le'Veon Bell. I hasn't been great. He finally scored last week. That's the good news. And the other good news is that he continues to get a bunch of carries. And the other good news is that even though he didn't practice today, it was only because of an illness. And even though he keeps getting these reports that he's banged up on Mondays out of nowhere because he keeps finishing the games, and all of a sudden on Monday, he's like, "Oh yeah, you remember the last? You remember yesterday? Oh yeah, that game. Yeah, uh, Le'Veon Bell got banged up. That we didn't know anything about it. Don't worry about it." Le'Veon Bell will get his full workload. He'll always have a high floor because of that workload. You hopefully just can continue to get in the red zone. This is a good matchup here. He continues his great matchup stretch here. Really, the Jets do in general. James Crowder, you can also play him, especially in full point PPR. Right now, he's the only Jets wide receiver that is dependable on a week-to-week basis. You know he's going to be involved. Now, whether it's Demarius Thomas or Robbie Anderson on the other side, that can be up for grabs. And I wouldn't trust either one of those guys, and I wouldn't play either one of those guys. But you know Jameson Crowder will play. He's actually on a little bit of a touchdown tear now. He's had two weeks in a row where he scored. This is a revenge game for Jameson Crowder as well. So if he wasn't already being consistently worked into the offense, there's no reason in my mind why they wouldn't put an extra emphasis on letting him get his revenge on the Washington Redskins in this week. So I'm definitely playing James Crowder in my lives, especially in full-point PPR leagues. I'm not streaming Sam Darnold. He's had two weeks in a row now where if he was going to be a streaming quarterback, he should have been, and he should have been a top-end guy. And both weeks in a row, he finished with less than 250 yards and one touchdown, not to mention turnovers to come with that. I'm not playing Sam Darnold as a streaming option. Now, tight end position, Ryan Griffin. Yeah, go ahead, pick him up, play him. He's got a high floor. He's been worked in. He has, he's been quietly having a pretty good season with no Chris Hernan there. He's down for the year. Ryan Griffin, somebody you can plug and play and know that at least he's going to have a pulse for you. He's going to be an option in the red zone. He actually has a floor that he won't, he won't goose you. He won't. He's been worked in too much to goose you. So, yeah, you can pick up and play. Ryan Griffin's actually going to be one of my top-end streaming tight ends going into this week, believe it or not. So now we stick. We go back to the NFC South. We have the Falcons. We have the Carolina Panthers. And we have a lot of questions, per usual. But on the Falcons' side of the ball, they got they got decimated by injury. Whew. Austin Hooper, gone for a month. Devontae Freeman, definitely out this week. Maybe two weeks. Sounds like he wound up having a pretty mild midfoot sprain, which is good news uh, for Devontae Freeman owners. He's definitely going to miss this week, though. I know, I know, what's his face? Dan Quinn said that he's going to be a long shot to play. He's, he's not even an option to play. So it's going to be Brian Hill, my number one guy on the waiver wire report. Really, probably the number one guy on everyone's waiver wire reports this week. Without a doubt, play him. He's in a position right now where he could be actually looking at 20-plus touches heading into this matchup. And the Carolina Panthers have actually been another team that, as of late, have been getting gashed in the running game up the middle. 
Atlanta's Falcons offensive line is getting healthier. I don't know if Lindstrom's going to be back this week or not yet, but they are getting healthier across that offensive line. They are playing a little bit better. Matt Ryan didn't practice today, but he is expected to play on Sunday, so no worries really there. Julio Jones, you know, he's just he's Julio Jones, and he might even have the added volume because no Austin Hooper, which brings me to my next point, the most important point that we have to talk about when talking about the Falcons this week, is Calvin Ridley. Play Calvin Ridley. Play him. It's not a secondary scares you in Carolina Panthers. No more Austin Hooper. Now, here's what I, I here's what I will say before I, I tell you guys to play Calvin Ridley. If he doesn't do it this week with no Austin Hooper and doesn't take advantage of the fact that he should have way more volume heading his direction now. If it turns out Russell Gage winds up stealing that that volume, then I don't know if there's gonna be a week this season that you can trust playing Calvin Ridley at any point. Plain and simple. That, that's what it boils down to. It is a do-or-die situation for Calvin Ridley owners moving forward if, if they can trust him or not. But there's just no reason in my mind, given his ability, given the lack of options now available to them outside of Julio Jones, that Calvin Ridley should not reemerge as a high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two, potentially. It's there. It's set up. He didn't have a terrible game last week. Four catches, 70 yards. Not great, but not terrible. He's got to take advantage of the opportunities that are going to be before him starting this week. I think you can play Calvin Ridley in your lineups this week as your flex play, as your wide receiver three. Maybe even in a wide receiver two position if you're hindered by bye weeks, but I think you can go ahead and play him in that scenario as well. On the Panther side of the ball, it's pretty straightforward at this point. Christian McCaffrey, number one running back overall, having historic season. You just can't say enough about the guy right now. And... To go with it, DJ Moore, lighting it up, has found himself being back to being the number one wide receiver for Kyle Allen. So he continues to be a guy that you can go to. Now, I wish he would find the end zone more. It, it really does stink because if he found the end zone more, DJ Moore would be a wide receiver one for fantasy football purposes. Problem that he runs into is that he's just not that touchdown guy. They don't go to him in those situations enough. So he's always going to get you, lately, seven to nine catches, 80 to 100 yards. You can't ask for much more than that. He is a high-end wide receiver, too. And if he does score, he will get you in the wide receiver one territory. And against the Atlanta Falcons, he definitely has that possibility of, of giving you that. Curtis Samuel. He actually has been scoring, believe it or not, the last couple of weeks in DJ Moore's place, I guess you could say. And he's been having a pretty good season so far. He hasn't been getting targeted at the, at the clip that DJ Moore has, but in a game that could be a sneaky shootout especially if Matt Ryan is a little bit healthier than what we saw last week, which he might be. In a sneaky shootout game, Curtis Samuel against the Atlanta Falcons, which is a plus matchup. Again, don't take out what you saw last week with the Atlanta defense being able to play really well against the Saints offense. Don't expect that to happen again. It's a great matchup. I think you could play Curtis Samuel as wide receiver three with upside as well. Lower end, obviously, but a wide receiver three with upside. For sure. He's going he's gonna to have an opportunity for a big play. So Curtis Samuel is somebody I think you can play with some confidence heading into this week. And definitely a guy I like quite a bit in a DFS play if you're looking to do that this week as well. Greg Olson, look, given the tight end position, given that he was worked back into the rotation a bit more last week, you finally saw them go to him and target him. It was a plus matchup against the Green Bay Packers. They were a defense that had been susceptible to tight end so far this season. Falcons are no different. I think Greg Olson can be an option for you to pick up and stream. Now, I don't want you guys to come yelling at me if he winds up 
giving you like a two catch performance because that's still a likely scenario just given how this offense has run and when they don't have to go to Greg Olson they haven't necessarily made it an emphasis but in a matchup like this where you're just desperate looking for a tight end Greg Olson is you can do a lot worse than Greg Olson let's put it that way and he's somebody who should be on your radars if you're in that situation the last game that we're going to talk about in this episode before we get into the mailbag segment is the Houston Texans and the Baltimore Ravens, the last early Sunday afternoon game that we're going to talk about here. So we got the Houston Texans coming off a bye. Sounds like they got healthier coming off that bye, too. Will Fuller, back at practice, practiced in full today, expected to go on Sunday. Yes, it's a hamstring injury. Yes, it's Will Fuller. He could get hurt at any given moment. We all know this. It's a possibility. But, and you don't love the match against the Baltimore Ravens, but it only takes one play. Marcus Peters is going to see quite a bit of DeAndre Hopkins. Now, they don't they don't shadow, again, but he lines up on that side of the field more times than not. And with Will Fuller back, they actually don't travel Hopkins as much as they do when he's not in the ballgame. They also don't target Hopkins quite as much when Will Fuller uh, is in the ballgame. So I do think he has wide receiver four with upside potential. And that's why I, he's not wide receiver three. He's not going to be a wide receiver three until you see it because even when he had been on the field earlier this season – his production was highly inconsistent, to say the least. So he's not somebody that you necessarily trust every single week, but he has that capability. They're going to have to throw the football. I don't think this is a matchup, be, given the Houston Texans offensive line at the moment, being that it's banged up as it is. It's going, I don't think they're going to find great success on the ground against the Ravens this week. So they're going, And they're a pass-first offense anyway. But I think they're going to have to go to the air. I think Will Fuller, somebody in a wide receiver four, I think he's an interesting DFS play if you're looking to go that way, but he's somebody who could be on your radars depending on what your lineups are giving you this week. DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, you play him. Uh, Carlos Hyde, he's just somebody, even in tougher matchups, he still gives you RB3 upside. He is the guy they go to in the goal line. They try to use him to establish a run game. He's pretty much been guaranteed, for the most part, 15 carries a game. He's an RB3 this week going into a bye week with, with four teams on bye and given the running back injuries at the moment. You could do worse than Carlos Hyde. Duke Johnson, I'm not trusting him still. He was getting worked in a little bit more before we headed into the bye weeks. So that's the good news. Uh, it does open up the possibility he could be a flex guy for PPR leagues. But you can't trust it. They still don't dump the ball off to the running backs enough. And with Will Fuller back in the mix... I do wonder how much of a part that played in them going to Duke Johnson more as of late in the passing game. They they might not feel the need to now. They might just go back to their down-the-field throwing ability with Kenny Stills and Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins, and that might be the way they choose to attack. I also think this takes away volume from Darren Fells and Jordan Atkins, two tight ends that have been playable. You don't know which one it's going to be. Darren Fells has been the guy worked in more so in the red zone, so if you're going to trust one guy, it would be Darren Fells. But you don't really love this match against Baltimore Ravens, and with Will Fuller back, it's just I think it's going to, you're going to be so contingent on that touchdown. I don't know how much I would trust it this week. I think you can find other options outside of Darren Fells, and Deshaun Watson obviously will finish as a QB one. On the Baltimore Ravens side of the ball, Lamar Jackson will continue to compete with Patrick Mahomes, being the number one fantasy quarterback week in and week out. He should have no problem rushing this game. Houston Texans don't have a defense. I know they played well against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I expect them to be blown up every single game for the rest of the season. No J.J. Watt, no pass rush, no secondary. I think you can play all your Ravens. 
And and FYI, I know the practice reports came out that today you had, you know, Mark Ingram didn't practice, non-injury related. Marquise Brown was limited. Look, the Ravens don't really practice their players a lot, if, in case you haven't noticed. And it's been a kind of throughout the week thing. There's no doubt about Mark Ingram, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, any of their availabilities this week. No doubt about it. And there's no doubt about it that you can play every single one of these guys. It was nice to see that Marquise Brown got back to actually putting up a decent stat line last week. Four catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown on the Cincinnati Bengals. You know who's worse than the Bengals when giving up the big play in the passing game? Houston Texans. Yeah, you can play Marquise Brown this week. He's a wide receiver three with tremendous upside. So I would go ahead, I would stick him in your lineups, I would play him again this week, just like I told you guys to play him against the Bengals last week. Lamar's going to have all of his weapons available to him. Mark Andrews is going to be a top, possibly a top five tight end this week. Mark Ingram should run the ball well. You can play all of your Ravens that you would normally play without any hesitations whatsoever. It's nice about a team like that is they're pretty straightforward on what value you're looking for. And in this kind of a matchup, there's no question that you can play all of them and have a good expectation from everyone involved. So that wraps up our preview episode, our preview games, the early afternoon games, the Thursday night game. We will be back on Friday, and that will be regularly scheduled Friday morning. I'll be back on SportsCast recording that full episode live. We'll be back then with the Thursday night football recap, the 4 o'clock preview games, the Sunday night preview, and the Monday night preview as well. And of course, we'll have a mailbag segment too. But right now, what we're going to do is we're going to get into the mailbag segment here. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become a new member of Overtime Heroics. Overtime Heroics is a fantastic sports media platform for sports fans all around the world to come and participate in their extensive forums. And now with the merger of the Land Sports Network, the website will soon have great content available from extremely well-written articles to entertaining and informative podcasts from all sports for you to enjoy. All you have to do is register for free at OvertimeHeroics.com to participate. Again, that's OvertimeHeroics.com. Now, I have a couple of questions I pre-selected out that I normally do. Uh, and that, that you can always contact me on for at MDSFFshow on Twitter, at MDFFshow on Facebook, or you can contact me through email directly on the website, www.MDFFshow.com, which you can always check out for the rankings there as well. So that's where you can always contact me through the week. I always select a few questions to put on here. If you're on SportsCaster right now and you have a fantasy football question, go ahead and drop it in the chat, and I will get to it through the episode. So the first question that I have pre-selected up here is from Victor. He contacted me through email. He asked me, Philip Rivers or Jimmy Garoppolo this week? That's a very that's an excellent streaming quarterback question. And that's why I picked it out. I think a lot of people are going to be in that situation this week, uh, Russell Wilson owners and whatnot. So... Of the two, it's hard to say. I would lean towards Phillip Rivers. Because we just don't... There's a lot about San Francisco we don't know about, right? We know George Kittle's out, right? We know Manuel Sanders banged up. But if Emmanuel Sanders can play against Arizona when Garoppolo just had a great game against them, he will be a good streaming option as well. Now, if Emmanuel Sanders does not play, Jimmy Garoppolo is not even a streaming option, even against the Arizona Cardinals, because I'm not going to trust him only being able to throw the ball to Debo Samuel, which is essentially what it would be boiled down to at that point. They're going to just run the ball and play defense and try to win that way. That will be the game plan against the Cardinals. There's not going to be much passing involved. And I don't think the Cardinals are going to play quite as well against them this week as they did in the Thursday night game and be able to keep the game quite as close to push Jimmy Garoppolo to have to be more aggressive and actually pass more as well. So, 
But if Emmanuel Sanders plays, Garoppolo is a streaming option. But I would lean more towards Phillip Rivers. You know the Chiefs are going to put up points. Plain and simple. With Patrick Mahomes and all the weapons healthy, all the Chiefs, that offense is starting to click on all cylinders. They're going to put up points. I know Phillip Rivers hasn't played well, but offensive line should be okay. We think Russell Kong's going to play, so that's big for him and for Melvin Gordon. He's going to have all of his weapons with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry. And he's going to have Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon to go to in the passing game as well. So I do think the volume is just going to be there. They're going to have to score. They're going to have to try to put up at least 30 points in this game in order to keep up, quite frankly. As long as that's the case, the volume alone makes me lean towards Phillip Rivers as a safe streaming option this week, even though he hasn't played as well as of late. But I think he's going to be okay in this one. I think you got a good shot for 300 yards. I think have a good shot for a couple of touchdowns. But I think most of overall, the volume should give you a safe floor. So I would lean towards Philip Rivers there, Victor. Next question I have is from Guy from Facebook. Is where he contacted me. He asked, half point PPR, Damian Williams, Brian Hill, or Marvin Jones in his flex? First of all, I have to say you have some pretty good options there for your flex position. I would definitely rule Marvin Jones out of that group right off the bat because he's not a running back who's in a position to possibly get 20-plus touches, right, like the other two are. So automatically I'm ruling Marvin Jones out, regardless of whether Matthew Stafford plays or not. So we're looking at Damian Williams. We're looking at Brian Hill. This is a tough one. If LaShawn McCoy is going to be inactive again, and we may not know that till Monday night, so that's the problem with that. But if we somehow know beforehand that LaShawn McCoy will once again be inactive, I'd have to say you go Damian Williams because you just you have you got to get a piece of that Chiefs offense right now. And if Damian Williams is in a position where he's going to be getting you know 19 carries and five catches, or even if he's just in a position where he's going to get 20 touches, however that 20 touches comes to be. And in a, if you're in a half point PPR, you might want it to come from more of the passing game than not anyway. Uh, he's going to have a hell of a floor, and he's going to have an opportunity to score. Brian Hill. He's, he's got a hell of a floor as well because he's going to have that workhorse role, but he's an unproven commodity because the Carolina defense that, while has been susceptible, is still not bad on paper. And the Atlanta Falcons' offense is very, offensive line, I should say, is very suspect. So that's where I think you'd have to go with Damian Williams in this one. It's close. It's close. And it wouldn't shock me for one minute if Brian Hill had a big game. But I think there's a lot going for Damian Williams right now. And I think you have to play a guy on the Chiefs offense who might be the lead back because he's just going to have opportunities to score with that offense. So I would lean slightly towards Damian Williams. If we find out LaShawn McCoy is going to be active, I may take another look at Brian Hill in that scenario. Because if Brian, if LaShawn McCoy suddenly is active, you can suspect that he'll be worked in. And then all of a sudden, the entire situation, the Kansas City backfield gets thrown right in the flux all over again. But I would definitely take another look at that. But right now, I would lean towards Damian Williams. KJ from Twitter, he asked me, in the flex position, Jamison Crowder or Marquise Brown? That's a good one. I think Jamison Crowder has a hell of a floor. Revenge game. He's been worked in as a dependable target since Sam Donald has been back for the Jets offense. I would probably lean towards Marquise Brown if I'm looking for a home run threat. Look, he's got a great opportunity here against the Houston Texans to get a big play, to even possibly have a big game. We saw him be able to come back in his first week back, by the way, against the Cincinnati Bengals and have a solid one. He has just as good of a matchup here against Houston. And I would say in some ways it's even a better matchup because at least Houston has the offensive firepower to keep up with the Ravens. Like this game's not going to be 49 to 10. 
it's going to be much more competitive for four quarters, meaning the offense, the passing game, might actually have to be involved for four quarters, where they didn't have to be last week. So in some ways, this actually could work out even more so in Marquise Brown's favor than it did a week ago. I love them both. I think it would depend on what your lineup needs. If you're in a situation where you just need more of a floor play, then I would probably play Jameson Crowder because I think you're guaranteed you know, six to nine targets, five to seven receptions, however many yards. And being that he's been on a touchdown tear as of late, there's a chance he could score a touchdown or revenge game against the Redskins. They may put an emphasis on that. So he just he has the floor that you can sink your teeth into, especially if you're talking full-point PPR, half-point PPR leagues. But if you're looking to hit a home run and play a guy who doesn't have a low floor this week, I think Marquise Brown's that guy. And I think personally I would lean towards Marquise Brown and go after that upside because I think he has a safer floor than he normally would in other matchups too. That's going to wrap up the show for today, guys. I had a great time doing it. I hope you guys all enjoyed it watching on Sportscast or watching on the video. The audio version will be available tomorrow morning, Thursday morning, if you guys are listening to this. We will be back on Friday with our full live Sportscaster video again. And, of course, the audio version as well will be available to you guys on Friday. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. Make sure you're contacting me on social media anywhere you need to. I will be accessible to you. I will make sure you guys get all the best fantasy information you possibly can. Make sure you're checking out one of the networks that I work with very closely, especially here on Sportscaster with the Belly Up Sports and the Unwrapped Sports Network. Doing great content there. Follow those guys. They're doing great things. It's definitely information, entertainment you don't want to miss at all. You can get at me on any podcast app that you want. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is widely available to you. That's going to be it for me. I hope you guys have a lovely day, and I will see you all on Friday. Thank you for listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet.